Welcome to Connected with Emily Obey. I'm your host. This is a podcast dedicated to having conversations that matter to help us feel connected to ourselves, to each other, and to the world we live in. You'll most likely never find me on a volleyball court because I was once kicked out of a grade nine gym class for being so bad at it, the teacher thought I was fully messing with him. You will, however, find me writing books, coaching people on how to have a successful online business through effective content marketing and copywriting, and helping people heal from adversity to live lives that truly feel good and make an impact in our society. Stick around, because I ask the questions we're all wanting to know the answers to. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Connected with Emily Obey. Today on the show, we have Lena Dolter. She is a period expert. Her whole thing in life is to help women be in flow with their cycles, and that started with her. So I'm so excited to have her on the show today, hear about her story around reconnecting with herself and how that's leading her and has led her to help women all over the world reconnect with their own cycles and their own bodies. It's work that I personally geek out on. I'm a huge nerd when it comes to the woman's cycle. I'm obsessed with my period. So Lena, welcome to the show. Thanks for bringing your period power today with us. How are you? I'm well. Thank you, Emily, for letting me share the power of our period. So I'm super excited to be here. Oh, lovely. So the first question when you come on the show, because it is called Connected, I give you an opportunity to share when was the last time you felt really connected to either yourself, someone or something, and really focus on one of those moments for you that truly moved you. So the stage is yours. When did you last feel connected in such a way? I've, this past week for here for us here in um, the United States was Thanksgiving. So I was up in Iowa with my family. And as we all know, family can sometimes be triggering, right? There's lots of different dynamics and relationships and all that good stuff. But um, I was there and my mom had said something in the kitchen that really triggered me. It was, she would, sometimes their relationship triggers me. And, um, I would, I noticed in the moment, like I could have totally freaked out and gotten pissed off, but instead like internally, I legitimately went through the processing phase of like understanding it's not about me able to nurture my inner little person and also continue to do like, and be in the family and be there with myself and still stay connected to my family. So that I feel like is the last time I felt really connected within myself. And because of that was able to stay connected and present with others. Mm, I love that. So there was no room for disconnection with others because you were so connected. You said that little part of yourself. So I'm assuming like that little girl who was the one who got triggered. A hundred percent. Yes. That inner little, that inner little child we all have that, that needs some extra love most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit before you have, by the way, so many questions that came in when I asked Instagram, what do you guys want to know about period? So before we get into like all of that stuff, can you tell us a little bit about 
you and why you care so much about the woman's cycle because there are some people I find who are a little bit indifferent to it. Um, mm -hmm. Some people who are really interested in it for their own selves and then people like you who are interested in it, not only for yourself, but for the collective. So mm -hmm. give us a little bit of a journey that got, well, a little like snapshot of your journey that got you here. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first got my period, I feel like there's a thousand stories I could share. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to give you that snapshot. So when I first got my period, I remember I was in junior high school and I remember, you know, I did not have a conversation with my mom about periods. You know, we had that crash course in grade school with some, which some of you might be remembering, you know, like that that the health class where you like watch the videos and you know, it's like, it just can be embarrassing and uncomfortable and it's not really um, taught to us in an intuitive way. And so when I got my period, I just did what I saw my mom do, which was use pads. And so in using that, I ended up, I had an accident one day. Like I had this really frilly pink skirt on. I was in junior high and I was running down the hall and my best guy friend, whose name was Nick, um, told me that I had leaked, right? Like he's like, you have a stain on the back of your dress. So I so am grateful for him for telling me that first of all. And second of all, just really being aware of bleeding. Right. And, and really understand like just, and not being ashamed because a guy just told me that I had blood on my dress. Right. It can be <laughs> embarrassing. And in that moment I was like, okay, how do I work through this? What do I want to do? What should I be using? And I knew the girls were probably using tampons. And so I worked through that and figured out for myself what I wanted to do. Again, all like through friends or through just asking myself and asking friends, but not really asking my family, not really asking my mom. And I remember emotionally from the time I started my period, I was always really aware of PMS. I knew when my period was going to start, not because I was tracking my cycle at that point, but because I legitimately and literally felt my moods change. And specifically for me, my threshold for anxiety becomes very, very low, low. <laughs> when I am PMSing. And I just had been really, that's always, always been something I've been connected to mm -hmm. as I've led. Um, so it really wasn't, so I, you know, flow through life, keep going. And I remember saying something to a coach I was working with just a few years ago about how some like, well, I'm PMSing and I don't remember exactly what she said that prompted that answer, but I knew that PMS means for me that there's specific days and times that I can't really function as well as I would say after I bleed or once I start to bleed. And she was like, well, you can't use that as an excuse. And that was the moment that triggered me into, well, wait a minute, this isn't an excuse. This is like a physical change that's happening in my body, not only physically, but emotionally. And I want to keep understanding why that is. So that's what's really launched me into tracking my cycle, being 
acutely aware of the day that I'm on, what that means for me energetically and emotionally, and what that means to the people I interact with, like how it holds me really accountable to my emotions. And it also puts me in a state of empowerment because I know exactly how I'm feeling based on the day of, of my cycle and the, and the phase of my cycle. Right. And this is something we've had conversations about outside mm-hmm. of the podcast, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, how as women, we are always different every single day. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that I personally feel that as a society in the industrial revolution, you know, generations as we go along here, um, we are very disconnected from that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I have a little bit of beef, not around um, feminism as a whole, because feminism as a whole is for equal rights for women. But I don't like the twist on having this pressure to function like a man as though we're not different every single day due to our hormonal shifts. That really yeah. bugs me about society. Um, and that's, I've also, like you, felt really connected to when I'm PMSing, when I'm bleeding, when I have that spring, and we'll get into all of the different seasons and archetypes that come with the cycle. But what are your thoughts on, on that, that as a society as a whole, we're not necessarily honoring or welcoming that as a woman, we are different every single day? And we're forcing ourselves to perform as though that wasn't the biological truth. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I'm in 100% agreement with you. And that's really, as we, like you said, as we've talked before, not in a podcast situation, but that's part of why I'm bringing woman in flow to the world because I, I even work with women. I mean, I currently work in what I would say is a male dominated uh, industry. I'm in um, sales for a biotech company, I am making a move to be a full-time entrepreneur for women and flow for a lot of reasons. But one of them being like, I know how I can help woman who is in the corporate world or a woman who runs her own business, for example, because many women, if many women and most women I know are running out of sync of their cycle or living out of sync with their cycle and running at full throttle of what I would call it, or a hundred percent in times where they're physically and emotionally not able to match that energy. So as you mentioned, the archetypes and the seasons, you know, we, when you align yourself to the, to the seasons of your cycle, to the weeks of your cycle, to the phases of your cycle, they're all one and the same, then you get to maximize the time in which you are in a season that supports you to work heavily, let's say, or put 110% into a project that you're doing or give a little extra if you're out with your manager or something, or you're working, um, you know, with a client. And so that way you can, it's almost like a reserve, right? It's, it's, I hesitate to say reserve, but it's almost like you can build your own reserve knowing when you're going to be PMSing and when your specific days that you're super unproductive, it's not a bad thing. It just becomes problematic when you're pushing through your entire life as if you have one speed. And you don't, you have many. (laughs) And me personally, like I'm really passionate about helping women 
find their speeds, align to their speeds and live in flow. Like that's really what it's about for me. And, and so, yes, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I love that, that we don't just have one speed. And I think we're being put into this structure that is available right now in society where we're being pushed to have one speed. And many of us are realizing that this isn't working for us. Yeah. And it's not, um, how do I want to say it's not currently maybe acceptable. (laughs) I, I hesitate to use that word, but it's not encouraged, let's say to, announce the phase of your cycle, right? So not <laughs> saying that that's what we have to do, you know, at work, like, hey, listen, I'm PMSing and I can't do this, you know, but if you know, you know, the phase of your cycle, then you can formulate a solution or a statement that allows you to work around what you may be asked to do, right? Or what you need to do. You know, are there times that you might be in a position where you're out of alignment with your natural sink? Sure. But when you are able to plan for that, it is a lot easier to manage than if you're just ignoring, which is what I see with most women, like pushing through how you really feel and just powering through. And that's, that's really, like you said, the, the message that we're receiving, um, it's a male dominated society. Let's be real. I mean, we're changing that, but when that's what we're kind of quote competing with it can feel like that's all you, that's what you have to do. But the truth is you really don't because you're actually much more powerful when you are in flow with your sink, with your cycle, than you are when you push through because you, you push yourself so far, you're going to push yourself into exhaustion and that's not good for anyone, your family, yourself, your relationships, your diet, everything starts to fail you. Right. I kind of try to look at history to get some clues on how biologically our needs um, have shown up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in this modern society, there's so many amazing things about the age of the digital, right? Like it's amazing that we have social media, that we can connect that right now we're on zoom and I'm in Canada and you're in the United States. Like it's so cool. There's amazing things from this era. I want to live in this era hundred percent. However, Sometimes I see the shadow side of that is that a lot of our biological needs are being ignored because we're so filled with stimulus. Um, So I like to look at history and see how people used to do the things. And Mm -hmm. one thing that I am very fascinated by is how the gender roles started playing out. And Mm -hmm. I know that we have this concept that, you know, gender roles, let's like switch things up. And it's, of course, like I'm a career woman. So are you, you know, like I, I love my career. I love my business. I love achieving things. Um, that is part of the core of who I am. Um, and at the same time, I look at how gender roles were constructed and I find intelligence in them. And mm-hmm. it's not from an anti-feministic place at all. It's just from like, oh, I get it why the men went out to hunt and mm-hmm. went out to do the things outside and the women stayed inside. Because imagine like a woman who has a cycle, well, she can't do the same thing every day like the man is doing, right? right? So yeah. that's why the gender roles were established like that. Like there's intelligence in looking at the way that historically, biologically, we met our needs. Um, and now we're like in this in-between space, I find like we're, 
we're deconstructing a lot of the problematic pieces to the patriarchy. And we're kind of trying to get things back into a balance, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's super confusing for us as women on like how the heck we're supposed to Mm -hmm. honor our own bodies and at the same time not forgo our own identities. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Oh, that just speaks to me because it's like, okay, well, if I honor my own body, it doesn't mean that I need to let go of my own identity. And I think maybe historically that's what would happen, right? We would get into, well, the woman needs to do this and the man needs to do this because we have tasks that we have to accomplish that now they're not so much on our plates. We can just go to the grocery store, right? (laughs) Right, But I think the woman through that, what happened for her is that she lost her own sense of identity. So we're kind of maybe confusing. This is just my own thoughts. You can kind of chime in afterward but I feel like as a woman it's like if I honor my body then do I have to let go of my identity like can I have both and I think that's where we're moving into but we're still in the space of like if I want my own identity then I basically can't honor my own body and I think there's like a merging that needs to occur or that is starting to occur and I think your work in the world Lena is going to be a huge pivotal for that so what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I hear you on all of those things, and there's a lot of things there. And I, I mean, am feeling that you know, gender roles are really they're evolving, and mm-hmm. for, for us women and for men. And as you said, as we dismantle and and kind of take apart the patriarchy, which is a process that will continue to move forward. As woman identifies with herself, personally, I feel like it brings her closer to her identity. Mm-hmm. Um, because what, what's like, to your point, like looking back at the roles, um, you know, pre, you know before we, we were here, like hunting and gathering, right? And then woman stays inside and prepares. So, so we've like evolved through that. But like, it, to me, it feels like our identities are somewhat given to us. You know, like I'm the oldest of four. Um, there's, you know, words attached to that responsible. Um, you know, I take care of a lot of things. I I could go into my sun sign, my rising sign and my moon sign and like really just like put all those things into who I am. So my identity is formed not only by, by society, but also like from what I learn and also what I grow up in. So my environment. And I feel like personally, as we hone in on our physical being, our body, our womb, um, that actually brings us closer to ourselves, which is the element of earth. You know, our body, our body is earth, it's bone, it's skin, it's tangible, it's rooted, and it's been created, you know, through, through her. It, it allows us to listen deeper and really inquire like, okay, who am I? Like, what is my personal contribution to the world? Am I, am I more than just my job? my identity is actually, as I'm feeling through this, it's like, is in service. Now that doesn't have to be specifically to the work that you do, right? Like service is like 
can be service through through the work that you do. So I'm not saying that everyone has to go out and like find their sole purpose. Cause I realize that that's like a thing these days, but I feel like when you, your soul does have a purpose as I tangent a little bit um, and coming into your own wisdom and your own knowing actually leads you to that so that you are not um, just inundated with the identity that you may have been given or chose to take on based on life experiences. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's really fascinating because it's like the more you connect with your cycle, it sounds like what you're saying, the more you actually remember who you are um, in the sense of like your core. Mm-hmm. It- yeah, it brings you back to yourself. Right, back to yourself. Yeah, and I think that's where it's so hard in their society right now. Like, I don't know why I get, like, the image of, like, women who are just, like, wearing the best clothes, like, going out in New York and, like, working. I don't know why that image is coming to me, but it's, like, she wants her own identity, right? She wants to express her creativity. She wants to um, really use her sacral energy mm-hmm. in the world. And at the same time, the demands to make that happen are making her forget about her body, right? Mm. So it's like, oh, that's where we're at right now. We're going into like this space where we're trying to express our identity, but then we forgo our body. And the real, the real magic becomes when we honor our bodies and go back to the core where we can like discover all of the things we may have gotten, you know bombarded with in terms of like conditioning that's not really working for us yeah a hundred percent to speak to your vision there the image that you saw you know what came up for me was immediately like well that's what they may have thought they had to do to prove their identity right exactly right yeah mm-hmm. yeah you and so exist. yeah exa- it takes you way back to even when we start the conversation of like you know in a man's world Right. Like that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not, please know for all of you listening that um, I'm not ostracizing men or saying that men are bad. You know, it just happens to be that, that, that feels like the energy of the world that we're living in. Right. It's very male dominated, white male dominated. And so as successful women, you know, we are kind of, we, we not are kind of, we are put into that pool, (laughs) but we're not white men. We are, white colored, you know, of all nationality woman. And we are different than man. And we get to be as powerful, if not more powerful than man. But it doesn't look the same way. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that little blurb that we just went into. <laughs> Good. That's, that's awesome. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about... Um, the phases of the cycle, because if we can get closer to self, which means that our identity can truly start to exist in its authentic way. um, What do we need to know about the phases of our cycle? So I know we have four. So tell me about them. And then if you can to tell us about the moon kind of cycle that it equivalates and then um, also like the season and the archetype and kind of speak to each block and then I'll intervene where I feel like I need more info. Totally. Totally. So, um, so I'm going to start with menstruation because I happen to be menstruating. So I'm going to start at the end of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If that's okay. Will that, will that be okay? Yeah. All right. 
So menstruation, because we're all familiar with bleeding. So let me also just say for anyone who's listening to this that either doesn't bleed and has never bled for any sort of medical reason or no longer bleeds due to, you know, a surgery or an age to which that you are no longer in flow, this cycle is still applicable to you. You are still in um, full receiving of the goodness of the flow that is within you because it is regardless of your status of bleed. So, so let me just move forward then with menstruation. So menstruation is the release physically and emotionally. It is typically associated with, you know, I, I have to be honest, this is a little controversial for me. I used to associate it with a dark moon because that's what I'd read. And now I, it, I'm feeling like it's really actually the full moon in my, and you'll probably see both of them out there. And Emily, if you would, can chime in if you have an opinion or, or a teaching moment here. Um, but the full moon is that the full moon energetically is when the moon is literally full, right? And it is a time of release. So the moon is full in the sky and it is a time to really let go of what's not serving you kind of illuminates that which you want to let go of so very similar to the cycle yeah what's that i love that illuminate what you want to let go of okay yeah writing that yeah so if you feel like so this may i'm going to say that because it feels like it's coming out so when you feel super anxious around around pms or like super like it's not even anxious it's just like really like something is getting to you. I don't know if you felt like this, Emily, but like, I know I have been, you know, day 26, day 27 and 26 for me are really the days in which the littlest thing can trip me up. And, and I come face to face with that, which I want to release. So that's why it feels so like insurmountable to handle. Cause it's mm-hmm. like coming to the, to the point of full release. So the full moon release bleeding It is, the element would be earth and the archetype, which are, you know, the, um, the female archetypes, it would be crone. So it's the, the crone, the, the, the aged woman, the, the aged woman, the old woman, you know, Mm -hmm. please forgive the statement of old. I'm not aging anyone. It's just what she looks like. (laughs) So go ahead. Oh, I was just like, yeah, mm -hmm, that makes sense. (laughs) So that would be um, the menstruation. Typically, that is going to be anywhere between day 28 and day 31 for most women. Um, what, is there anything you want me to say more there, or do you feel like that's pretty? Um, no, that's great. So okay. I just want to touch on the full moon thing. I actually yeah. bleed um, around the full moon myself. And I've often been told, like, you're supposed to bleed with the new moon, but that just never makes sense to me. Like, I'm like, no, I want to like ovulate on the new moon. Like, I don't, I don't know why. So, because to me, like the full moon feels like there's like, I have a baby and I'm about to give birth to it. it like, you know, that's how it feels like to, for me energetically. And just when I'm in the world, when it's the full moon, like, I don't know, it just maybe because it's, I've been synced to the full moon for the past couple of years, mm-hmm. but it just feels like I'm about to like, like, go of something and that's what the full moon circles like even the woman circles that I go to they're all about releasing when it's the the full moon and then the new moon it's like intention setting so I'm thinking like but why are the teachings around period like you're supposed to bleed on the new moon and then like ovulate on the full moon like I get it the full moon is like like a big like like harvesty kind of feeling sometimes Mm -hmm. as well 
But I think that's interesting how you also kind of agree with me energetically, even if a lot of the teachings don't teach that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting, 100%. So and I also want people listening to know that like you can, you, you'll bleed whenever you bleed. And exactly, you actually, yeah. in my opinion, in my uh, belief, you can create when you want to bleed. Like for the longest time, I was bleeding with a new moon and then it started to shift. So your body will legitimately shift. And that's the other cool thing about tracking your cycle and being really in tune to your days because you can really add things in like, okay, what phase of the moon am I in? Not only what phase of the moon am I in, but where is the moon, right? So we just had a full moon in Gemini, right? So what does that mean? So as, so you can add extra elements into your tracking so that's just you know something you can learn more about as i you know later in time but um but yeah the full moon absolutely is is the time of release so whether you're bleeding or not and whether you are legitimately bleeding around that time or not it's just a benchmark right but don't let yourself attach to that if that's not where you're bleeding so that's good so the menstruating part of the cycle um would you say that and it's kind of like a hermiting kind of feeling or yes you know for me personally and and what um so during the things that i've learned really allow yourself like day one to day three should be times i i i want to reverse and not say should days one through days three when you bleed it's a natural invitation for you to slow down i mean think about it you're the whole, everything I just said, it's like full moon releasing, you're legitimately releasing blood. Like you're letting go of what's not serving you. You can ritualize this process, which is what I've been doing. And I love it. So yeah, for me personally on day one, I feel pretty good. Um, through most of the day, day two and day three, I'm kind of like, it's slower. I might not even, I'm, I might, my, um, my workouts change, my appetites decrease, you know, I'm just in full attunement to what my body needs. So, you know, if you are new to this, um, information, my invitation would be for you to really let this be a time of pause because if you are like most women and you're moving through at, you know, the pace in which you would move through all the time. So let's say a hundred percent and you're just like, okay, I'm bleeding. And it's just another thing that you do and take care of. And you put in the tampon and you take it out and you move through your day. I would really invite you to start to pay attention to how you really feel. What does your body really need? Because if you're just overriding what you need because you're used to mock speed there's information for you when you bleed there is divine connection in the slowing down Mm, i love that and um in terms of the season the menstruation is winter then yes yes that makes sense because like when the earth is in winter it is a time to slow down to go inward the days are shorter there's Mm -hmm. more rest involved Um, and there's almost like more openness to divine communication simply because there's more space. A thousand percent. Yeah. I keep a special. Love it. No, just, I was like, love it. (laughs) You keep a special journal. I keep a little special journal. It's red with a red pen for divine downloads when I have my period. Love it. Okay. And is that one of your rituals around winter season for you and your cycle? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I, I love a ritual and yes, that's definitely a ritual for when I bleed. <laughs> yeah. Can you give us a little bit more so of examples around your rituals? Actually, before you do that, I do have a question too. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts, opinions on tampons, pads, diva cups, maybe that moves into the ritual world for you? Yeah. So I love that. I'm actually getting ready to put a video out on YouTube about that because so like I said in my story earlier when I learned when I first got my period it was pads for me and um then I moved into periods because that's what's periods sorry tampons because that's what seemed like the quote cool thing to do right yeah. and I'm not gonna lie it wasn't very comfortable it was painful and I don't even know that I did it right you know for the for the first couple times that I used it um as I have but, but up until just about nine months ago, I was using tampons um, because it's what I did, right? It's my habit. It's what I knew. It was convenient um, for a variety of reasons. And then I did a lot, did some more reading and research. And I was like, let me just see what else I could use here because why am I putting this thing inside of me, right? It, it blocks the natural flow for one. Um, for two, they can be contaminated, you know, they, they can be toxic. Um, and because I'm an earth lover, it, it's not the most sanitary thing to be using for the earth waste wise. So I did move away from tampons and started to use, then I used thinks. So thinks is T H I N X. You may have heard of them. They're kind of like pad underwear. Have you heard of them, Emily? Yeah. Um, I actually have heard of them. And I have a really close friend who just went on her honeymoon to Mexico uh, yeah. and wore them as a bathing suit because she had her period in Mexico on her honeymoon and she still like wanted to like fully express her, her body and things like that. So she actually wore them as a bathing suit and they look really good. <laughs> good. I'm so yeah. glad they have cute styles. So they have boy shorts, they have the briefs, they have the thongs for your later days. So yeah. I invested quite a bit of money to try like all of them. And I liked them for a while. And truth be told, like on the first day that I bleed, I try not to use anything. I like to just bleed right into the toilet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to, I was just going to apologize for this being graphic, but we all go to the bathroom, right? We all, we all know what this is like. So I would just let myself bleed in the toilet. And I literally am now, um, this is a new part of my ritual that I've just implemented over the past few months is I verbalize what I'm releasing when I bleed into the toilet. It's just oh, like yeah. really cathartic. Mm -hmm. And so then, okay. So then I was like, all right, let me just try the cup. So I actually was on a retreat in April, um, yoga goddess retreat. And the one, one of the leaders there gave us a Lena cup. So it's so interesting because it's my name. Like I literally want to reach out to this company and be like, you should have me as your person because you are using my name <laughs> as your thing. It's spelled like my name, L-E-N-A, but they pronounce it Lena. And I tried it when I came home. So my friend, um, uses the, the cup and she kind of walked me through it because I wasn't really sure. So I got it in there. <laughs> this is, I'm going to share this all on YouTube in different detail. But then I, I went and did my period yoga practice. And then I went to like put it out because I didn't know how much blood it would take. I mean, it's not like it's a huge cup. Right. And I don't know how much we really bleed because you don't really get the sense when you're using tampons. Right. Cause it just comes out. soaked. 
So I went to take it out after my yoga practice and I was freaking out. I couldn't get it out. Like I was, I legitimately went into a panic and I was like, oh my God, like I'm never going to get this out. It's going to be in here forever. I'm not lying. Like this is going to have to go to the hospital. It's going to be so embarrassing. Yeah. Right. right. Like what's going to happen to me? This is going to blend inside me forever. Okay. So then I ended up getting it out. That story is, um, I, I literally just bared down like I was having a child. I realize that sounds ridiculous, but I had to because I was like, I just need to get this out because I was and you experiencing just pushed it. it, I guess. Yes, I yeah. pushed it down to the point where I could grab, grab a little tail with the finger and the thumb. And then I was like, I'm never using that again. <laughs> and now it's all I use. <laughs> so that's to say that I actually love it. And here's why. It is... It holds more blood than you think. And now that I know how to get it out, I'm still bearing down a little bit. Like I still, I, I do plenty of big belly deep breaths out and I just push the muscles of my uterus down onto the, the, the cup to bring it to a place that I can get it out. And why I love it is because, so here's the thing, blood our menstruation time is earth, right? And it's winter and blood is nourishing. Give back to earth. So I use the blood to uh, give back to earth in my plants and I love it. Oh, that's so interesting. Uh -huh. Yeah. And do, do the plants flourish more? Uh -huh. Like what are, what are your yeah. observations? Yes. The plants yeah. flourish. A friend of mine used it on a lily that was dying and it was, it became, um, super abundant. Like it just like came back to life. So yeah. So, and I love that it's a ceremony for me kind of, you know, it's just kind of, you don't have to do that. You might think it's weird, but it's pretty cool. And so I use the, the Lena cup now. Yeah, I'm actually looking at one of my pieces that is kind of like suffering and I just finished bleeding. So I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next month. <laughs> Next month. Yeah. So um, that's super cool. So that's kind of a ritual that you use um, kind of in on, yeah, why you don't use tampons. Yes. Um, you know, it's so interesting. I, I want to bring up a point because you, you said something like it was like the cool thing to do to use tampons. Oh my God, I totally forgot that that was true. That mm -hmm. like if you used a pad, you were like, not like a loser, but it felt kind of like it was like the loserish thing to do to use a pad. Like it was like a little girl kind of vibe. Do you relate to that? I remember that like, especially in my early cycle days. Yeah, it was definitely a shameful thing. You were I like, why? I don't know. And yeah. that, yeah. But I remember that. And so like, if you remember, like I said, like, that's what I saw my mom use. So that's what I used. Right. So when we don't have these conversations with our family, with our parents or whoever the, the, the woman the one in our lives, yeah. Figure in our life is, um, you know, you're left to your own devices and, um, and then you get into that. Then we just keep doing what we, what we do. So mm. yeah, I definitely relate to that. Um, it was yeah. definitely the cool thing to do. Yeah. I remember that even, at one point. And the thing is, is like, it was totally painful when you're like, how old were you when you got your period? I was probably 12 or 13. Okay. I was the same age. Um, um and at that point, like you don't, yeah. I don't know, like I had no experience of any kind of like sex toys, nor was I sexually active. So like I had no really clue and in terms of like masturbation, yeah. there was not a lot of penetration involved in my life at that right. point. So Agreed. like, 
I didn't really understand. I didn't even like, I remember, um, I remember like not doing like not inserting a tampon from the right angle, mm-hmm. you know, and then being in like so much pain, but not knowing that that wasn't normal. Yep. A hundred percent. I had the same experience. Like I literally was just remembering it as you were telling the story. Cause that's what I, you know, also what comes to mind is like, we bleed differently then, right? Like, you know, if you're dry or right, like you think, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable. And, um, yeah, I want to help women and help women teach their children, yes. you know, how all these options that are available to us, like the best way to honor your bleed. Yeah, absolutely. And then two um, tampons, like you said, can have like toxins, mm-hmm. especially if you're using tampons. I still use a tampon sometimes here and there, especially like if I'm um, on the go or mm-hmm. something, you know, it, it's just like, that's the only option that I have at the moment, but I'll always just use organic, mm-hmm. right? Because the toxicity of what's on those tampons is, is disgusting mm-hmm. because, you know, your vagina has so much like absorbing capacity, right? Yeah. So important. like if, if like you're putting a cotton soaked, like pesticide chemical, you know, tampon in there, your body's going to absorb that. And it makes me sad that that's what I did. Um, and that's what so many of us did in our teenage years, um, simply because we didn't know any better. Right. Mm-hmm. And we just literally put into our growing bodies, these chemicals into one of the most absorbing part of you know, our system. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. The cup is really great for travel. Just saying. Yeah. I actually, um, am scared of the cup <laughs> because I'm scared that what happens. I'm scared that whatever happened to you is going to happen to me. <laughs> it does. It does come out. It's okay. But yeah, it, it was a little well, scary. Can you actually, while I have you here, I might as well ask you, what are your tips around using a cup? So let's say like yeah. next cycle, because one of my friends told me you have to like practice on like, or you have to practice putting in the cup before your menstruating days so that like, you know what you're doing. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then I never really did it. And I still, I still like in my mind, for some reason I use a cup and, but I don't actually. (laughs) So I want to know how, like, what are the tips? Okay. Well, I would say, so I only have experience with the Lena cup and in that little cup, it, it comes with little instructions and a few different ways in which you can fold it, um, to put it in. I would not recommend putting the cup in before you menstruate because unless you like know when you're ovulating and you're a little bit more lubricated because it's not going to feel good and you're not going to want to use it and then you're not going to get it out. I mean, you will eventually, but it's kind of, it's going to feel awful when you pull it out. Just like if you were putting a dry tampon in a dry vagina, right? It was just, yeah, yeah, awful. So I would recommend, um, so personally, and I'll, I'll do this on my video, um, but cause I can't show you now, but if you have a cup, I've been using it this way. So the little Lena cup is shaped like a tulip and it has a little stem Nice. and yeah. um, it's ridged. You can kind of grab it with your fingernails and I'm fortunate to have long fingernails. So that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I fold it in half. I just fold it. So it kind of looks like a really tight you. And I will either mostly I, I'm now so comfortable with it that I'll just do it while I'm on the toilet. Just like if you were to change a tampon, right? So I'm in that open leg position kind of squatting, right? Cause you're on the toilet and I put it in, um, 
shaped in that you shape the entire time until it gets all the way in and then it will open up and then you want to use your finger to just circle around the bottom to make sure it's open you'll feel it mm. you'll feel if it's open or feel if it's not open and if it's not you just pull it back out and you adjust it but i've not had to do that honestly once i got that out the first time and i tried it again i've never had a problem okay. I, I, and now i i'm kind of obsessed with it and i never thought i would be Okay. And it's great because like I can sleep all night in it. I don't have to worry about it. Be there's nothing in it that's going to hurt me. Right. And so the 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 Lena cup is it like BPI free? Like what is it made out of? Silicone? I believe it is, but I'm not an expert on it. Um, you'll have to let me look. Um, well, we'll just get yeah. we'll get the yeah. link and stuff, and yeah. we'll put it in the show notes for people. And I'll do my own research on it too because I'm interested. Because yeah, it's yeah. pretty. And yeah, it's, it's funny because like it says my name. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that so cool? Um, so I have like a personal question. Do you think yes. the first time that it happened that you got it stuck there, it was because you put it in too deep? Like what was your mistake? No, <laughs> it wasn't a mistake. It just was that I expected it to be easier to get out. Here's the oh, thing. Like, okay. You're, you're like, womb is like literally swallowing it up. Like think about it. Like it's just like putting it. Okay. I don't want to say just like, it is very similar to putting a tampon inside of yourself. The only difference is the tampon has a super fucking long string right yeah. and the cop does not right. it just so it's legitimately up there literally catching it it's like a little lotus flower up there taking all your blood which is pretty awesome so it's not because i did it wrong it's just that i didn't expect it to be in there as far as it was but it's definitely not it's just the same as having a tampon only the string is not a string it's like legit up there and you've got to kind of get it out Cool. See, this is why having these conversations are so helpful because, you know, I've not used a cup because I've not sat down with a girlfriend and been like, okay, like, how do I do this in detail? You know, (laughs) you know, I definitely had a friend on standby when I was like, oh my God, Michelle, this is stuck. Like I can't get it out. I'm freaking out. Like when I tell you that I had a freak out moment, I'm, and and you called Michelle, Michelle. Uh, she is the best. I, I would also call her if I had something stuck in my vagina. I'd be like, I need you to fix this. I'm like, oh my God, Michelle, what do I do? She's like, and I knew, I mean, here's me like, you know, you know, you have to relax. Like I'm legitimately talking myself through this while I'm like, I'm like, you just have to, it's all going to be okay. You're going to get it out. If you keep freaking out, you're never going to get it out. So that's what happened. Just, totally. Okay. Well, thank you for the lesson. Um, sure. And we'll get the we'll get the Lena yeah. um, link for people. And you're kind of giving them a nice little sponsor there. So maybe you should yeah. partner up with them. Okay. So in terms of uh, menstruation, is there any other rituals that you want to talk to us about before we move on to um, the spring phase? Um, let me feel into that. Um, no, I mean, just really, re- I just want to reiterate how important rest is during this time. Okay. You know, and if, if one to three days sounds like freaking ridiculous to you, especially if you have family or you have children or you have like things happening in your life that, that one, like three days sounds like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I barely have two minutes. Then I would invite you really just to start small. Like it really is just give yourself, if it's not a day, let it be an hour. If it can't be an hour, start with 30 minutes. I just really can't stress enough how important rest is at this time. And you're going to feel into what the best day is for you to rest. And you will feel better if you give yourself that time. Amazing. That's great insight. Is there anything also that would be like a total faux pas for this phase of the cycle? 
Well, in my opinion, so I am a RYT 200 for yoga and I've been practicing yoga for over 20 years. So if you do do yoga, um, or I would absolutely no inversions and you can do whatever you want. So let me just preface that with, this is your body and you can do with it as you will. However, if you want to support the flow of the out and the downward and the release, my recommendation would be not to do anything upside down. Um, I would not do any intense abdominal work, especially in the low abs. Um, anything like in a heated room. So let's say you're doing heated yoga or you're going to go cycle your brains out in some sort of, you know, uber cycle class or whatever, you know, they do spinning. Um, you know, you want to bring your workouts down that so that you, you're not like over stressing your body when you're in a place of releasing. Great. And you said day one to three. Now, um, I believe for about five days, obviously mm -hmm. day one to three is the most intense. And then I'll kind of spot for day four and five. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of typical? Yeah, I mean, everybody's cycle is going to be different. Mine is, um, I'm about four days and I kind of have what I call like the brown stuff on day five. Um, so yeah, I mean, your cycle length will vary based on a lot of things, a lot that I think probably don't even have time to get into now, but, um, your, your lifestyle, your diet, um, just your, it could be your age. A lot of things factor, which is why my first recommendation is always to start tracking your cycle. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. And that's why people come and work with you so that they can get a better understanding of their own individual cycle. Yes. And how everything, you know, yes, exactly. Their own individual cycle and how they can heal, you yeah. know, what's pulling them back um, through the cycle. So, yeah. Okay, cool. I personally really enjoy bleeding because it's kind of like a relief to me. Like mm -hmm. when I start bleeding, I'm like, ah, oh, thank God, you know? And then I kind of see the light and I'm like, thank, you know, the, all the angels and the Lord. And I just feel like I'm going to be okay. Um, so bleeding for me, me too. Can be very painful. Um, just because I had a lot of different, like, cramping like my cramping would be so bad that I couldn't like go to work or like go to school at the time um that did shift for me though through things like lifestyle adjustments and food and different supplements and different ways to support my own body and in, in the cycle so I can see the benefit of really um looking at your own individual cycle and what the issues are and, and to begin to shift them because from what I understand you shouldn't be in like Deliberating pain. Deliberating pain. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really de de yeah. Debilitating. Debilitating. Yeah. My my French <laughs> comes in. Like, Debilitating. Yeah. But just I'm, basically like excruciating is what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, I'm really glad you brought that up because it's really important to, especially for us working women in whatever capacity, that if you do suffer from cramps, there's a variety of reasons why that could be. Um, and if you're suffering to the degree that it affects, like your physical body saying, that's a deep sign of like a few things. One, rest. Two, if you're still using tampons, not using tampons can just even that simple thing can, can many times uh, reduce the amount of pain that you feel during your cycle. Um, there are essential oils that you can use as well that will help with the pain. One of them is clary sage. And if you want more information on that, you can talk about that at the end. Um, and also some just stretching the belly. Personally, I found that to be really helpful in my yoga practice. Nothing intense, right? But just like maybe a mild cobra, maybe you're, um, you know, or a sphinx pose. You're lying on your belly with your feet out behind you and you're on your elbows and you're just pulling your chest 
up and forward so that you're stretching that low belly out. That, that can be really helpful um, in reducing cramps or other secrets up my sleeve that you'll find out as, as you continue to know more about me. But that's where I would start. Amazing. Yeah. So that's great. All right. So let's move into the spring. So after bleed, what is that? What's that phase of our cycle? I personally yeah. love this phase. This is my favorite right. phase for me personally, but tell us why. What's up? Me too. And you led really nicely into it's like, you know, like Emily said, like, I love to bleed. Uh, you know, as I finish the bleed, I start to see the light. And that is also the case for me. Um, I feel the same way. Even like not today on day four, I'm feeling really good. You know, it's like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm moving out of this phase. I'm so glad. Like, I have a really busy week, but I'm like, oh, thank God it sits on this this week. Right. So after period is pre ovulation or the maiden archetype, and Ooh. season would be. Yeah, so like the young, fresh, the young, fresh chica, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's basically the energy here is like I get stuff done. Like this is the energy that most women are trying to sustain on a daily basis, regardless of where they are in their cycle. Mm -hmm. This is the energy, and this is the time in which you want to work with to actually get shit done. So when you are um, in alignment with your cycle and you know what's happening, like this is the week that you are like magic maiden able to get shit done. Like you are in major do it mode. You're like, this is it. This is it. The elements air um, in case anyone wants to know. So um, air is the energy of the East, the direction of the East actually, excuse me. But yeah, this is a great cycle to be in. And this lasts anywhere from like day, probably seven, eight into like seven to 10 days into the period. You'll get, you'll start to feel this way. Um, like I said, I start to feel this, like I start to feel back to quote normal, right? Around day four or five. So so yeah. Yeah, I would awesome. say the same because I started bleeding. If I'm looking right now, we're recording, we're a Sunday, but I started bleeding last Sunday and I think I was bleeding up until, I don't know, probably like Wednesday, Thursday. But then mm -hmm. on like Friday, I remember I was in my car and like it was sunny and I was like, this is the best day ever. Like, you know, yeah. like, like I was back, you know? A hundred percent. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, you know, like menstruation. So PMS, it's like, oh my God, woe is me. Life is the worst. Everything sucks. And then like you get to the threshold where you bleed and you like, oh, release, right? Like, and then you're like winter. And then you start to literally, like you said, see the light and you feel quote back to normal, right? You're back in the upswing of the energy, which is a really welcome, you know, place to be after the the woes of PMS, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> totally, totally. Okay, yeah. so that's so um like I start to feel that probably like day six, like you said day seven to ten, you kind of start yeah. to feel this. Yeah, for the most part. Most women okay. will start to for day seven to day ten. Yeah. Okay. I feel cool. good. So anything else there? Do you want me to move on? Um yes. So the get shit done so this is where you can kind of pack in more things because you have more um, sustainability from yes. your energy and you have more pep in your step type of a thing. So if you have like, basically like what are the best things to get done during this period of time? Yes. Yes. That's what you want to analyze. So it's like, you know, if you are an entrepreneur and like, I remember 
um, my last, this, just this last cycle, I was fired up, fueled up to, to the degree that I was like, oh my God, I got to get this out. I know that I want to share this. And so I made a little note. For me, it was ovulation, but this is the same kind of energy, right? Um, but it, it was that phase of my cycle. So if you are an entrepreneur and you have projects, workshops, or um, challenges coming up, like planning it or launching it around this time would be a really good time for you because you're energetically in a place to hold it and 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 nurture it and let it like rise because like that's the energy it's really good cool i also see this phase kind of like if it's the maiden it's like the innocence almost like the childlike wonder like the energy of being a child almost right like there's a ton there that you can kind of feed off Yes. Yeah. It's like curiosity. It's, yeah. it's all that stuff, right? Like, you know, really, yeah, a hundred percent. There is a lot of energy there. Yeah. And also, um, the spring too, it's like a new beginning and you know, okay. So we kind of get the gist of this. Is there anything that's like a faux pas for this phase of the cycle? You know, I would not say there's a faux pas for this energy. It's like, use it. This is the energy in okay. which you want to so pre-ovulation is like, you're super stimulated. You've got great energy. You're, you know, a lot of people might refer to it as quote masculine energy, but that is really pretty much your energy, your physical energy. Like you're active, you're, you're engaged, like get back to the gym, get into your higher intensity work. You're going to feel naturally pulled to that stuff. Like if you're really following your rhythm and your cycle and your energy, you're going to notice how it's just natural for you to pull that way, you know? Cool. So yeah, work with it, work with it and get shit done. Awesome. <laughs> So like the faux pas would be to like, just let that energy go to waste. Yeah. The faux pas would be like to not use it. Or energy leaks, like use it in a way that's not productive to you, I guess. Yeah. Overextend it. Yeah. 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 And like give it to something that's not really going to meet your needs or goals or desires. Yeah. Cool. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so then we move on to the summer season, which is ovulation. Yes, queen of everything, ovulation. Yeah. So yeah, so the moon then here is the is the I'm gonna say new moon, even though in some like I said before with the full moon, the, some of the text that I read it does say full moon, but for me personally, um, and it can go either way. Ovulation aligns with the new moon. Um, reason being, it is that time of creation, right? So you're building on the pre-ovulation energy, building on the waxing, uh, waning of the moon, waxing, waning, waxing, waning, waning of the moon <laughs> into the new moon, where you will be really looking ahead to what you want to create. This ovulation time in your cycle, which can range anywhere from day 13 to like day 21 is, um, the time in which you are a ma major manifester. Like you want something, it's going to, it will happen. And I'm not kidding. Like, so if you're really, if you're really a master manifester, you're going to say something, you're going to write something down. You're going to see it come to life. Like legitimately that happens. It's happened to me many times. So this energy is really good, really, really good to work with. Um, your creations like what is it that you desire more of in your life and why right it's like if you want to build your business what is your what's your project if you want a relationship what emotion or, or uh quality are you looking for like what is it that you want and this is the seed time this is when we plant it okay cool Seed. Elements Please. fire. If you didn't pick up on that, sorry. Yeah, so that is really uh, you know, so it's it's and that is associated to your solar plexus, which is above your navel and below your sternum, um, and that's the the center for where the fire lives in your body. So it definitely. <clears throat> 
You'll f- definitely feel fiery around this time. And the archetype would be mother, correct? Correct. Okay. So like, so just to recap, like bleeding is crown, crown. Um, in terms of crone, sorry. Yes. Okay. Um, and then you maiden. have the maiden in the pre-ovulation and then the mother in the ovulation. And this is why it makes more sense to me that like it would be, yeah, I, just with the new moon, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So, okay. The mother, and also this is when you're like super flirty and horny, basically. A hundred percent. Like literally you are like this woman that I wrote this book that I love. Um, she wrote, uh, you are literally pregnant with life. Cause you, you really are, you know, it's like you're, you're, and that can be pregnant. And if you're not making a baby, like a real legitimate human, you're pregnant with whatever your life is your idea, right? Your life is your mission. Your life is maybe it's a recipe, right? I mean, it, it can be anything, but you are literally overflowing with creation. Yeah, I love that. And okay, so I have friends who have like a sex drive that's a little bit less cyclical than mine. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I have noticed that some of my friends just have a higher sex drive, like kind of throughout their entire cycle, whereas my sex drive is very linked to my cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can know when my ovulation is coming because I'm just like, yep, yeah, like I have the hots. Like, you know, like it just... And, but for me, like that will last like a day or two or maybe three, but it really, when I'm ovulating and then it kind of goes away for me. Um, yeah. So speak on that a little bit. I know it's a bit yeah. taboo, but I'm interested in the combo. <laughs> no, I think that's great. I'm glad you brought it up because it is like physically, you know, the way that nature has made us, you are really, the way you speak to how you feel um, sexually is in alignment with how we're quote so I don't want to say supposed to, but made to feel right. Like our bodies are programmed that way. I mean, woman is such a magnificent being like the uterus itself is like the most amazing and smart, um, rhythmic unit that, that we have. And if men had the uterus and I forgive me, I don't know the, who said the quote, but they said, they said like, if a man had, a, if a man had a uterus, they would be bragging about it. So <laughs> should we. And it is true because it is just a well oiled machine, if you will, inside of us that just cycles through all the time, no matter what. So speaking to the sexuality, yes. Um, it's, it's, quote, normal to feel pretty steamy around the days that you're going to ovulate. Um, and you'll notice too, if you're checking your cervical fluid, like it's going to feel a lot more, um, egg whitey and maybe even almost (laughs) totally. And like, as you, as you start to wane out, so here's what I learned recently. I'm using, um, a tracker now called fertility friend. And the reason I started to do that is because I started using my basal body temperature, not because at the moment I'm wanting to create a human baby, but because our cycles are so individual that, you know, when I read that, okay, ovulation can happen anywhere between 13 and 21 days, that's just too much time for me, um, to not know exactly what my body's doing because there are certain adaptogens like plant medicine, et cetera, that I, um, use in my own life that help maximize and or minimize certain effects and, um, yeah, certain effects of the cycle. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, well, I want to know exactly when I need to use this particular route because, if I'm using it when I'm ovulating, but it's not really going to serve me in that phase, I certainly don't want to be using it because I'm not doing myself any good. 
So that's just a little side mark to say that the cervical fluid as you, you're really only fertile for like three days, actually five days. It's the two days before you ovulate, the day you ovulate, and then like the day or two after. And after you ovulate, you're going to notice that the, if you're paying attention to your cervical fluid, it's a little bit more sticky. Like if you touch it and you like put it between two of your fingers, it's going to have almost like this taffy kind of effect, not as sticky as taffy, but you know, it's going to have some give. That's too, that's because our body is wanting to collect the sperm, right? And sperm can live inside of our body for longer than that, that five-day ovulation cycle. And the reason it can is because if you've got it on that end point, like uh, at the end of your, the tail end of your ovulation, you got that sticky goodness inside of you that's like pulling the sperm in and holding it there. So you can get pregnant if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, each woman's sexuality is really different. I also noticed that I'm much more highly uh, juicified around that time. <laughs> it's right. just like it would feel really good to have sex like all the time. And I was dating someone, you know, not too long ago where he was like super cautious to have sex. I was like wanting to have sex at that time. And he was very cautious against it because of the high chance of my pregnancy. He was really in tune to my cycle, which was a great, a great, um, quality, um, uh, for him, uh, that I liked, but, really wish she was a little less freaked out about the ovulation <laughs> so that I could use my ovulation powers, not for, right. not to get, to have a baby, but to enjoy sex. Right. So anyway, right. right. It, it's really interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's cool. So in terms of this part of the cycle, mm-hmm. what, like, what's the energy to utilize? You kind of told us this is when we create, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and, and I mean, just our bodies, like just talking about cervical fluid, it's like the fluid is, is sticky because it's trying to like stick, it, like, you know, take in the sperm, let it stick and then like, like vacuum it up almost, right? Yeah, like pull um, it in there. Yeah, exactly. So like the creation is the energy here. Mm-hmm. Is there um, any faux pas around this time? Like what's the big guidance pieces if you haven't shared all of them that you wanted to share yet? Yeah. You know, um, I would say the, this, so this energy is a be seen energy. You're like going to be seen whether you like it or not. So if you're not feeling, cause that's just the nature of the, the physical pheromones that are happening in your body. Um, so if you're in a bad mood or you're feeling kind of curmudgeon for whatever reason, if you're not feeling the fire, or you're having a bad day, like, um, maybe stay home. <laughs> okay. Like put on something amazing that's going to make you feel better um, because uh, you're you're seen. This is a great time, like Emily uh, mentioned before. This is a great time to set up dates. Um, this is a great time to have sex with your partner. This is a great time, and if you don't have a partner, to have sex with yourself. If you're down with, you know, you have your own. Mm-hmm. masturbation practice, um, you know, you want to enjoy yourself at this time. So anything that's not bringing you joy, I would say, get rid of it. I have had times where like I go out to the grocery store, like I'm thinking of one specific time where I know I'm ovulating, like I'm a little mm-hmm. frustrated, you know, like I'm pent up, you know, and if like a man who doesn't look, who looks at me, who I don't want attention from, like, mm-hmm. I want to just like claw his face out almost. Mm-hmm. What is that about? <laughs> well, it could just be because you're not asking to be seen and you might feel like you're sovereignty is violated perhaps Uh, okay yeah that makes sense so like if i'm in that kind of like mood around ovulation it's best to like um have like a connection with myself Mm -hmm. and 
explore that pleasure and explore that joy with myself and perhaps not share that with other people if I'm not uh, feeling safe to essentially. Yeah. And if you work with energy or you have someone that works in with you in energy, if you, uh, you know, it doesn't mean you become this boundaryless person who, um, you know, allows anybody in to see them. It means that you are seen. So if there is something about being seen that isn't going to serve you or doesn't work for you, then you get to create what energy you want to bring in. Right. So you can, you work with that, work with the boundary, work with only giving your energy to those that feel safe, whatnot, knowing that other people may see you, but that you don't have to engage with anyone. Number one. Ooh, and, I love that. Yeah. Not engage with anyone who doesn't make you feel safe or comfortable. Okay. So it's just because you have this juice doesn't mean you have to put it in everybody's cup, essentially. Yeah. Just because you're lit up doesn't mean everybody gets to have your light directly on them. They may be seeing you, like they're going to see your light. They may have a reflection. They may have a look like a side view of the light, but they, not everyone needs to get a hundred percent of your, of your, of your light. Cool. All right. I love that. Um, also, I just like to flirt sometimes for no reason around this time. So that makes a lot of sense, you know? It feels pretty natural. Yeah. yeah. I just like, and I sometimes it's just like to kind of fuck with people. Like I just love to just have a little <laughs> bit of that energy out. I'm also like a Gemini sun. So it makes sense. And I'm, my Venus is in Gemini too. So I like to be, you know, a little dualistic in that and we're a little sneaky or playful. <laughs> playful All right. Yeah. Stay playful. Yeah. So that's that great. Sense. That makes yeah. sense. All right. Anything else for this phase? Any rituals actually around this time? Um, I guess it, except like manifesting practices. Right? Yeah. The manifesting ritual is this is the time to manifest. And honestly, like for me, so there are blocks and barriers that can get away, get in the way of what you can create. Right. I mean, that's why it's not as easy as saying, okay, I believe this is going to happen. And then poof, it happens. Mm -hmm. You know, part of working with me is not only aligning to your cycle, but also to, uh, you know, bringing to light that, which is, stopping you from actually creating what you want, right? The cycle is part of it, but there are things that are living deep inside of all of us that prevent us from having the life that we want. So ritualistically speaking, definitely a time to manifest. Simply speaking, you can do a writing ritual where you are, um, you know, you, you, it's pretty easy to know what you want, right? You can write it down and then visualize it. Like, you know, see yourself having it. So, um, that would be a simple, a simple start to the manifest, to working with this power. Say it. Cause what you say you, you create. Awesome. All right. So then if we're moving into the yeah. final phase, we've PMS. Three, PMS, this is the great descent. <laughs> My least favorite. <laughs> so tell us about PMS. When does it happen? What is it about? What's the energy archetype? Lay yeah. down the whole shebang. The whole, the whole gamut. Okay. So yeah. PMS, uh, like I said, in my story and, 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 and really, I believe most women can recognize PMS, whether or not you even know if it's happening, because like Emily said, it is the beginning of the great descent. You start to feel, you know, that illuminating power that you just had is now waning. Um, it's coming down, it's getting dark and you, the season is autumn. So things are starting to go dormant, right? You see like the beautiful flowers that you just experienced in the spring and summer are now dying right, for lack of a better word and it's preparing for the cold winter right um the archetype is the wise wild woman so there is um you know like there's some dualistic energy here like you're 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 
going deep into the wiseness because you're preparing, you're going into the womb, but you're also like wild and free and a little bit um, sharp. So this part of the cycle is I would advise to be very wary of what you schedule during this time of your cycle because you are less um, you're more apt to be very cut with your tongue, really direct. Um, that may not serve all of the instances that you're in. Um, it's just not as as fluid and beautiful and easy as the other as the previous two cycles. And um, yeah, you're also starting to feel physically the retention of the water, perhaps maybe the breast sensitivity. You might not be sleeping as great as you were sleeping. So just be really, you know, conscious of this. Because remember, your body's preparing to have an actual child, right? So like, you're going to go through those phases of what you go through if you were having a child or if you have had a child, like preparing to be up because you have a non-sleeping baby, right? So just nurture your, start to get into the self-practices of slow. This is when slowing down starts to begin. Um, this is when you know, taking extra care of yourself is really important. And that can look like a lot of things. Um, but for me personally, it looks like really thinning out my uh, schedule so that I have a lot more time to be with myself, even if that means I'm doing nothing. Like there's plenty of watching TV days in PMS, not a ton, but you know, a few. Okay. So a lot of the questions um, that came in for you were around PMS. It sounds like collectively, like it's just the hardest time for us as well. Okay. Um, So some people also have um, questions around the actual bleeding, but we've Uh kind of hit on them already. Uh Um, Some people, what they're saying is that their their period's really painful. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll get to that I'll ask you some questions at the very end, but for the sake of the questions, let's do them in this cycle talk because we're this phase of the cycle talk because so many people had questions about PMS. A lot of them had to do with anxiety and depression. And is there a biological reason for that? Myself, I do have a history of mental health issues. Um, I consider mental health issues, honestly, just nervous system issues. And that's just Mm -hmm. how I approach that and what I mean my life works out of. So, um, but all that to say, I do have like a history of what you could clinically say mental health issues are. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't really experience that anymore unless I'm in PMS time. And a lot of people seem to be in that same kind of agreement with me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I kid you not, like the anxiety or depression is so bad. And then like two or three days later, I will bleed. And it's like, I'm living a totally different life. It do- it's not like that every cycle for me. So I also want to ask you, cause there was questions here of like, cycles are different and it kind of makes sense when you were talking about it's what are you letting go from the previous cycle when you're bleeding so like for example when I just went through my recent breakup and and had found out that I I was really really betrayed on, on many different levels including the womb level um the depression before my bleed that first month after I had broken up with my ex was so bad. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if it's because I was preparing to release some of it. So it was coming up just to surface. Um, And then my second bleed since I'm going through the breakup was way easier. However, 
I stayed in PMS really long. So I'm just wondering like how much of our cycle and our PMS phase is related to like the difficulties in our life and bringing them to surface so that we can release them. Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And it's going to be individualistic, right? Because like I said earlier, it's like, okay, so we can follow our cycle and our cycle teaches us a lot of really amazing things. But within our cycle is our own individual life experiences, right? That can be flared up and definitely flared up at this time. So with that being said, you know, physically what's happening is you are, the, the hormones are your estrogen is decreasing. Um, and it's going, that's, what's actually causing the nervousness, the anxiety, and that, that like blue kind of depression feeling, right? Because you're coming off of a really great high too, right? So think about it. It's like, we both just discussed how we feel so great during those first two weeks. And it, we know more than I would say the average woman knows about the cycle. So we can understand that as we move into PMS, it's definitely going to take like a deep dive. But if we're not in alignment and we don't really know, it can feel really, it can feel even more uh, like, yeah, uh, then, then, then when you do know, right. So, so this, so physically it is normal because your hormones are literally changing. Now there are things we can do to support the phases of the cycle, which I talk more about in my program. Um, but also just like knowing now it's like knowing that it's normal to feel that way should help believe some of the anxiety around feeling actual anxiety because think about it like before we were here we were in really masculine energy which is that doing i'm snapping my fingers just to like kind of like that pace of life is like linear go do and now we're transferring into slowing down and being which for most humans not not just women but most humans is difficult and coming off of that high energy and feeling that low can be really hard to manage. Yeah. Yeah. So, so dramatizing it is like your first tip. Like it's yeah. normal, like yeah. biologically your estrogen is decreasing. What, what else like big lines in terms of hormones is happening? Yeah. So in terms of hormones, you know, your, your, <laughs> your progesterone is also withdrawing. So like you're, that's kind of like the crying stuff, right? So, mm-hmm. and your estrogen's going down. So everything is going down. So whereas everything was up and you were flying high, now you're going down and you're feeling low. There are some adaptions. I say adaptions in plant-based medicines. There's simple teas out there that you can use to help stabilize your um, emotions. Um, but really just being with yourself and really just taking time to be with yourself is really, really what's going to help. And not ignoring the fact that you are feeling this way. So not trying to change it, which can be really hard, right? Especially as successful, you know, women who are doing and being amazing in the world, it can feel really, it can feel super resistant to want to just accept the fact that you just don't feel good because Mm. also society imposes that you should feel good all the time, right? So you don't want to put that in position on yourself. Yeah, and that's something for those who listen to the podcast religiously so far. Um, that's something Amber and I talked about about how unhealthy it is to expect ourselves to be happy and well um, mm-hmm. constantly. And then Lena's kind of bringing in like this biological cyclical truth to that mm-hmm. too of like, oh, 
biologically, this is normal. Mm-hmm. And to de-dramatize it, to learn how to stay with it, to learn how to avoid trying to run away from it, and maybe even going and sitting with it to let it pass. Yeah. 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 One practice that I've done in the past to support me um, in feeling that way, like if it gets to be really overwhelming, like honestly... I have coached my clients to have tantrums and I do them myself. So, and I know, I think Emily put something out on Instagram not too long ago on the, um, the rebounder, right? Like having some, some movement in the body, uh, when we're feeling really crappy, uh, a really good release physically can help move that emotion through. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's going to go away. Um, you know, but I, I, I'm not a central nervous system expert, so I'm just going to tell you what I do, but I definitely like, I have screamed, I have punched pillows, I have like, you know, kicked air or pounded on the earth. Like, and if just five minutes of that, which can sound really like a long time is super helpful to move through the emotion. Yeah, and in terms of like the autonomic nervous system, what Lena was um, referring to that I put on Instagram, it was um, rebounding and kind of stimulating in your body a flight response, which is a stress response um, to kind of discharge the stress energy that you have in your body. And it's actually interesting after I did that and released that uh, whenever I was in PMS last um, after that is actually, I felt a lot of anger and then I felt a lot of sadness and then I just like fell asleep and I started bleeding the next day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really magnificent how the, the, the pinnacle of the anxiety or the stress or the, uh, frustration, it becomes, it, it literally like gets to its height. It's like Pike's peak of emotion and then, ha, ah, the sweet release of, of, of bleeding. So, so yeah, just know that it will come to an end and to speak to another tool that I use in, in and um, I use essential oils to help. And last, this just this last week when I was in PMS mode, I found this amazing, I, I created this amazing blend that um, supported me very much. And it's on my Woman in Flow page on IG, but it consists of geranium, Roman chamomile, marjoram, and what's the third one, fourth one? Oi, oi, oi. It might be, I'll have to, you'll have to look on my, I'll have to look on my IG. If the full recipe is not there, you can ask me for it. But the point is it was so soothing and helped relieve those stress. Like I was having such stress responses that just having that on while I was doing my morning yoga practice and then carrying that oil with me through the day, that blend really helped stabilize me emotionally, really helped my stress a lot. So that's just another yeah, what? and you talked about adaptogens to stabilize emotions. Yes. Can you give us like two big pivotal, like crucial ones in your life? Yeah, I would say one that you could use at any way of your cycle would be nettle. Nettle is a tea, and nettle is high in iron. It supports blood loss and it re- remineralizes the body. So it's really great during the menstruation. It's great during all the phases of the cycle because it also, um, actually, nettle is one. Okay, so nettle is one. The next one I would recommend that's good for most of the almost all phases of the cycle is holy basil holy basil is great or tulsi okay so holy basil has a variety of amazing attributes to it it can it regulates blood sugar it boosts immunity it supports calming the nervous system it helps reduce the stress response i mean it's both of these are caffeine free i live my life caffeine free and they're both super earthy and you can find them anywhere so 
Yeah. Those would be the two that I would so that I would say I would start with because mm-hmm. it also helps lift the mood. Um, uh, uh, holy basil does and bring your hormones back into balance. So it's super. It's a super like friendly tea that you could drink every day regardless of your cycle and feel the benefits of. And it must help stabilize to a certain degree. Yes. Yes. Right. 100%. And in terms of like teas that help you shed, like in PMS teas, I know parsley is good. I know red raspberry is good. What else? I use red raspberry. Personally, I use the, um, oh my God, I should have, actually, I think I have it right here because it's a bookmark. I have so many random things that are bookmarks. It's, um, I use the red women's raspberry leaf from yogi tea but yeah raspberry leaf tea is really good um during that time the other i also use chaga which is a mushroom root um and it is it helps to support your immunity and um, regulate energy as well it also supports the cleansing of the menses you know of of your bleed um that's a really good one to use as well i love it yeah, but red raspberry leaf is a great go-to. Cramp bark I've used with um, cramps. It's literally called cramp bark. It is um, awful. I'll tell you, so it's not the greatest taste in the world. Like it doesn't taste good, but it works type of a thing. Yeah, it doesn't taste good, but work. And you want to. And that one's one that I've used as a tincture, which um, is basically a tea you steep for a very long amount of time. You drink it at room temperature or cold, and you can drink it during the phase of your your bleed or PMS for cramps. All right, cool. So, in terms of PMS, um, what would you say are the big guidelines um, around it? So far, I've heard watch what you schedule. Yeah. Um, be okay with the fact that your sleeping might be a little bit disturbed. Um, the estrogen is decreasing. Progesterone is decreasing. How can you connect with yourself during this time and begin to slow down and be able to discharge, release some of the emotions and help support the body through that? Is there anything else that's here that you think people should know? Yeah. I mean, just side by side with, you know, watch your schedule. Also just watch who you're talking to, you know, meaning like just be more aware of who you're scheduling conversations with, or, you know, if you're in a relationship, let your partner know that you're going through this time. It's keep communication open with people that you trust, um, that are with you in your living space or live in your community that you engage with regularly, because you are more sensitive. You're more sensitive. It's just the, the, the nature of the cycle. Remember not to take anything personally. And in that sensitivity, um, know that your words could be sharp. So take an extra hot second to pause before you react okay totally all right love it yeah so and also know that your energy levels may be down like i know a lot of people who follow me follow the medical medium protocols and something anthony always talks about is when you're in pms slash bleed week you're a lot of your energy is going to your endocrine system and your immune system has less um support so that's why it's important to just honor the fact that you have less energy and yeah. that's okay. And to take care of yourself through that in the most sublime way, because doing that, I guess, sets you up for a relaxing bleed and then an even more productive spring and summer. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like I said earlier, it's like, you really want to want, um, PMS two is it where I would, and 
slow down your activity. Like you just said, like taking care of your nervous system. Um, because if you keep trying to go at max speed, first of all, your body's not going to allow it. You're going to, you're going to break down eventually. And you're going to, especially in this time, you're more susceptible to illness, right? When your immune system is down exactly. and remember that like naturally, this is the beginning of the inward stage, right? We're talking wild, dangerous, you know, um, wild and dangerous. We're talking the wise, wild woman, right? So she's like closer. She's like close to the energy of the inner womb. She's, she's close to that. So you, whereas your energy, you're coming off from energy that was super externalized and you're going into energy that is the exact opposite, which is very internalized. So just, that's really important to remember and keep in mind. So taking great care of your workouts, starting to taper those down because your energy will be starting to, you're going to naturally feel pulled more inward. And if you pay attention to that and you start to listen to that, you're going to know, you're going to know what your body needs. And that's the success of being sovereign with yourself. Yeah. And what I have found too is when I don't have, um, okay. So when I found out my ex had been cheating on me, um, I was in PMS week. I was literally like a day before my period. <laughs> so um, that whole week leading up to my period. So this was like three cycles ago at this point, I guess it's still very fresh. Yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't like relax. Like I didn't take care of myself during that time. Cause I was like going crazy one. But then I also had like a huge relationship issue and I had housing issues. And I had so many issues that were up at that point. So I didn't take care of myself through my PMS. And I remember the day after I found out, I began to bleed. So I was like releasing everything. But at the same time, that period was the most painful it's been for me in so long, in like years. And I think it's because I was so stressed and I didn't take care of myself. Obviously, there were factors that prevented that, which I won't be engaging in anymore. Um, However, when I look back to my really painful periods, it's because I didn't honor myself through the different cycles mm-hmm. of yeah. the actual cycle. Like I didn't use my spring energy. I didn't create with my summer energy. I didn't, you know, um, begin to slow down with my fall energy. Thus my winter was miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm taking care through all of the different cycles and utilizing the energy, I can still find flow in all of the different phases. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's really the secret to the cycle, right? It's not to like prevent you from doing anything. It's to create more freedom to flow within the, the ranges of the cycle, to handle life in the flow. And that's, that's the mastery. Oh, love it. So that's beautiful. Do you have anything that you want to say still about the different phases of the cycle that we haven't touched on yet? I don't think so. I feel like naturally you're going to feel, you know, you're going to, you feel drawn to one or two that you maybe are that you quote like the best <laughs> you maybe discriminate during mm-hmm. you're, you're discriminating against your on your cycle but um no i would just say like to me just the face of the cycle have been a life-changing a life-changing practice for me that i can't imagine not being exposed to um mm-hmm. and when you master them and when you work with yourself and not in contrast to yourself, life is just, it's a lot more smooth and, and you get to maximize all of these, all of these phases to the greatest service of yourself and to others. And it's just a beautiful gift. Love it. 
So mm-hmm. I'm sure that so many people listening will be like, I want to start tracking my cycle. How do I do this? La la da da da. So I personally love the idea of getting a specific like tracking journal. I'm trying mm-hmm. to do this on my phone because I'm on my phone for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love the idea of having a journal. So can you do two things for us? Can you tell us how to best start tracking our cycle like in the written form in a journal and then also give some of your favorite apps for people too? Totally. So I started tracking my cycle on a paper mandala, which you can find online um, and just print it off. I actually really liked it because um, it it will it notes the faces of the moon in the outer circle uh, or the outer realm of the mandala. So a mandala, excuse me for anybody who doesn't know, it's just basically a circle. It's a circle inside a circle. You could even make your own. So if you had a piece of construction paper um, or you're super savvy, you'd make a, a little circle in the middle and you could just call it your moon mandala. And then um, there's like a circle on the outside of that, which would be the... Um, the day of your cycle. So you just want to have a little circle and then like mark little, little spaces for 28 to 31 days. Then there's a little circle outside of that, which would be the actual date of the calendar of your cycle. Then there would be another circle around that. And that would be for your physical being like tracking your physical energy. And then around that is another circle. And that is for like your emotional well-being, you know, maybe your dream world uh, um, as well. And then on the very outside, if you wanted, you could add an actual, you know, in the sky moon um, circle uh, just to like put the, the phases of the moon. That's definitely not necessary. You can also find them online. Like she code, is that her name? Lisa Lister is um, an uh, author of a book called Code Red. Mm-hmm. And um she has a site you could go to if you just google lisa lister i'm not sure of the site right now i think i think it's called she code but i I don't remember um she has a mandala it's not my favorite but if you literally just google like moon cycle mandala on google you'll find a variety of things if you want to just use a regular calendar like emily or regular notebook like uh, emily suggests feel free you know you want to make this something that you're going to do right so if it's not something is um easy for you you're not going to do it um so personally i just use like old school paper calendar as well like once i got like moved past the mandala i moved into the paper calendar um and now i've gotten to the point where i know my cycle pretty much like the back of my hand so i uh i do use fertility friend as an app just for the bbt the basal body temperature other apps i enjoy would be glow um, the reason I like Fertility Friend and Glow is because there's a space for notes. There's a space for the basal body temperature, which is not something you need to do. It's just something that I like to do. It's a personal practice. And um, specifics of your cycle. So like backache. I mean, you know, it lists m- most commonly uh, felt or experienced physical and or emotional um, characteristics or qualities um, that you might want to check. So those are my two faves, to be honest with you. I also don't love to be on my phone. So um, the mandala on paper was actually my jam. I tracked my cycle for over seven months um, to get it, to to really know it. Life is a good one, and Kandara Kandara is a good is is been um, mentioned. But personally, I would I would stick to Fertility Friend or Glow. They're both free with an awesome. option. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's amazing, and I love the Moon Mandala Mandala thing. I think yeah. I'm going to actually make my own. That sounds fun. Yeah. So, it is. Um, okay. So the last thing that I want to touch on, um, mm-hmm. and you actually kind of brought it up 
with the basal temperature. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people had birth control questions. Oh yeah, great. What do they so want to know? They want to know like what you think the best birth control is for being in flow with your cycle, um, things like that. Now we can kind of get into like a history of like, have you been on the pill? Did you use an IUD? Like whatever you did, if you want, mm -hmm. um, I miss, but let's, can we dive into like, what is your method of contraception right now? How do you, how do you deal with that? Right. Yeah. I've never been on birth control. I'm proud of it. Um, I never had a reason to, uh, and I say reason because I know many physicians, if you are a woman who has experienced either painful cycle, painful bleed, um, or re regular bleeding, um, maybe you have another, you know, have endometriosis or something going on physically there. Physicians are very quick to prescribe, uh, medicine to, 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 to allegedly help. I don't believe in birth control, not because I'm some cuckoo Christian, no offense to anyone out there. I'm just like, I'm just not, I'm not, not because of religion experience or ex, uh, whatever. Um, you can mute that. You can delete that Emily if you need to. Um, <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> um, I'm, I just never had a reason for it. I always had a really easy flow, 28 to 31 days, experienced cramps on day one and two. I flowed so regularly, it was not a problem for me. I don't believe that anyone should be on birth control because I believe there are other ways to manage things that may be happening with you, um, with plant medicines, with um, different use of, of, of what you're using for your bleed. Um, there are a lot of other options out there. So that being said, that's my personal opinion. I'm not advocating that if you are on birth control to just go off it right now. Um, you know, it's something you need to uh, really invest time into and really ask yourself, like, why am I on this? Is it really serving me? And if I were to to come off of birth control, what would that mean for me? What are my other options? What am I just really reevaluate why you're on it in the first damn place? Because I bet you a lot of people have been on it since before they really even knew why. And it's just now part of something that they do every day. I think it's toxic to the system and it, it, I don't believe in it. So for contraception personally, and this is just full straight up, you'll never find me. Um, I'm super transparent. Like if I'm with somebody like I'm with them, we don't, I don't, I don't even like condoms. I don't like to use them. I pretty much use the pullout method. Um, I will use condoms, but that's my mode of contraception. Okay. And so basal temperature, um, I guess you're seeing when you're ovulating and things like Correct. that. I mean, that's like the old way of like family planning, right? Correct. Uh, exactly. Yes, exactly. Uh, like Lucy didn't figure out family planning properly. Um, but yeah. So do you use that? Cause you were mentioning, um, and this is personal, but you seem comfortable talking about it. You were saying that your previous partner got a little bit scared around your ovulation time, but you don't. So you're still like having sex condom free at this point or no? No, we, we would have a condom because he was okay. paranoid. And, okay. and yeah, so, so yeah, I do use condoms if I'm um, around my cycle. And like I said earlier, the reason for my BBT, basal body temperature tracking, is really so that I can know... I'm really more fine tuning the adaptogens I'm using around the phases of my cycle. And as a as a byproduct, I'm also knowing exactly when I am most fertile. So when I am in relationship or having sex, it is um, extra information for me to um, take into consideration the choices that I'm making at that moment. Totally. So um, yeah, a lot of people were discussing 
on the question feed in terms of like, I feel like the pill is making my cycle worse and blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, is like the pill. So I was on the pill for like three or four years. I have like this deep fear of getting pregnant. Like even Mm -hmm. if I'm in like the least non-fertile days, I'm like with my luck and my fucking life, I'm going to get pregnant when I don't want to. And it's going to be like, you know, so I'm like very, very paranoid around pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was on birth control for quite a bit and it actually made me not that long, like just a couple of years, but I didn't mind being on it until they switched me to a generic mm-hmm. and then they switched me to a generic. Like I went nuts. Like there was something weird about what was in the generic and it just like wasn't working for me anymore. And then I decided to go completely holistic in my life. But the thing that I didn't even really realize when I was on birth control was that I didn't ovulate. Like I didn't, I didn't really like get it. Like for some reason, and that's how insane it is that we're given this pill that literally stops such a crucial part of, um, just like womanhood in terms of our cyclical nature that I didn't, like I took this thing every day or, you know, 21 days out of the month and Mm -hmm. I didn't even really understand what it was doing to not make me pregnant. Like, that's just weird. Don't you think? Like it's Mm -hmm. odd. So it's like that to me, if you're on the pill and wanting to get off of the pill, um, Kelly Brogan, who's a holistic psychiatrist has a lot of different podcasts and resources around those people because, um, she talks about how the pill, yes, is kind of like a feminist icon of like, I get to decide what I want to do with my body and, and how I want to live as a woman, which is amazing. But also she talks about how pharmaceutical, like perspective wise, it's a gateway drug. Um, yep. It can cause a lot of different issues. It can cause yes. you to get on your first antidepressant and things like that. So uh, go check out Kelly Brogan for that in terms of like this podcast. I think what's really important for you to know if you're on the pill and wanting to get off is that being on the pill stops you from ovulating. So it fucks up your hormones. It's right. fucking up the natural balance of your life. Now, again, like I said earlier, my pr- I'm not a physician, um, right. and I'm never going to be one. But the, but it is very it it's it's taking out the natural process of your body. So, like I said, and like Emily's saying, like check out um, reevaluate why you're on it. Because if you were right. like Emily, you're just doing it for 21 days and you don't really know why, and it's just like whatever. Like most of us don't need to be on. A manufactured pill. Yeah. And um, there are other ways to prevent pregnancy. Yes. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. If you're not trying to be pregnant. Um, so with that being said, do you have anything else to say? Clearly, like Lena and I are both very anti-pill. Lena <laughs> is actually more anti-pill than I am. Um, but I, you know, yeah. I'm like recently starting to really uh, accept and celebrate the fact that I am anti-pill. I used to, because I come from a mental health advocacy mm-hmm. background, I've been kind of trained to be careful to not say anything around pharmaceuticals because it's like that all like, and it's really interesting. Um, you know, the kind of hate that I've gotten in my life and my career, it's always been because I've been like, Oh, well pills are kind of a band aid, And I'd be like sloshed with like hate messages from people. So I was always very cautious but recently when people have been asking me, like, should I try a benzo if I have anxiety? I literally say, no, you should not. <laughs> like, there, There's other ways to manage the problem yeah. from a plant-based standpoint yeah. instead of putting, I still kind of stand by what I always said that I would get hated on, like putting that Band-Aid on that actually causes you more issues. Mm-hmm. So if you have big cramping and and endometriosis and all of the things that you might be going on the pill for and it's helping you cool, but I'm not, I don't know 
actually, and maybe you don't know even how long that's going to last for. And maybe there's a holistic alternative that can actually heal your body and heal the root of the cause of the issue Mm -hmm. um, that can help you stay away from anything that's chemical and taking you off of your actual flow. So do you have anything to add to that, Lena? Yeah. The only thing I would add is, like I said, I, I, I mean, I work in the industry that produces medicines, right? Which so, is like I, ironic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I know. And I'm, I wish I'm moving out. Like, yeah, it's like my goal is to not be doing that because I, I do believe there are other alternatives. Like I said, it met most women, most women don't quote need to be on a pill. And I believe that there are other options. And some, one of those other options are not only plant-based medicine, but also plant-based, plant-based therapies in the form of essential oils, um, that can support you that I've been using, that I've be happy to begin a conversation um, with you if you're listening and you want to talk about like what you're experiencing and um, and and what you want to not be experiencing, right? So that you can we can formulate a a essential oil regimen for you and see if that is going to help, right? Um, rather than you know and move you from a place of being dependent on a chemical product to a more plant-based product. Again, I'm not a physician. I don't claim to be a physician. I definitely recommend you um, take responsibility of your own body. And and with that being said, you have options and you yeah. that's what I And I love that piece because it's like, yeah, we're not doctors and we're not in your shoes and your body is your body. You get to do whatever you want. And honestly, we should believe you based on what works for you. However, if it's not working for you or you're having the inkling that if you're even listening to this, you probably have some kind of like, this isn't working for me kind of energy going on for you. Um, Then you have options and maybe those options though, they won't be the quick fix, but they're the long-term fix and it's worth it to like fine tune and explore and get to the root. So that's always my advice now when I'm, I'm asked like, should I be on this because it's just easier? Mm-hmm. No, you should not. You should actually take the long route, which is going to give you more sustainable success because at the end of the day, whenever you do withdraw from whatever you're putting in in terms of chemical substance, it's going to leave you with more issues at the end of the yeah. day because there's a side effect piece. A hundred percent. So that yeah. kind of like wraps that up. Um, yeah. How are you feeling? Do you feel like there's anything else that you want to share with the people? Uh, I feel like we shared so much that I hope that they stay tuned the whole time. <laughs> they probably will. I feel like we have some large attention spans. On the Good. I'm no, this is super enjoyable. As you know, I could talk about periods forever. Um, <laughs> um, no, I can't think of anything specific, um, noteworthy to add at this moment. The one thing I would say, um, actually, I, I, I lie, is for those of you who are not checking your cycle regularly or wanting to track, the ideal time frame that you want to track is three months so that you can really see your, your, um, your rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh no. Go ahead. Yeah. And like I said, and, um, I have a program coming up that will help you do just that and go beyond. So, but if you're ready to get started and then you'll be in a place, you know, for more support, you're, that's where I would recommend starting. Yeah. Awesome. So, whenever I'm in these kinds of conversation, I feel like just putting my hand on top of my womb, like my uterus. Yeah, right. And I just like to be like, Oh, we're so connected. And for those who don't know where it is, um, which is actually a lot of women, 
Where is mm-hmm. that beautiful space in our body? If you want to just guide us yeah. to it and maybe take a breath. Yeah, the beautiful uh, mudra, which is a shape that you take with your hands. Um, that there's a many, but this is the simplest one that anybody can do um, without seeing it, right? So if you are sitting or standing, just take a look down the front of your body right now, so that you can see your belly and your belly button, and then about an inch to two inches. Well, let's say one, two to three inches below your navel is like the top of your womb, right? Like your physical um, pelvis, right? The bones. So I want you to take your hands and bring the thumbs together and the pointer fingers together in the shape of a triangle and then point that downward. So if you put your thumbs at those three inches below your navel, they're together. And then the pointer fingers point down. All the other fingers are next to and touching your pointer fingers. So you have a downward facing triangle. That is that is the entire area of your womb. Not not the, you know, labia and your clitoris and your vagina, but this is like your your inner womb, like where where your your bleeding, your uterus is taking, like this is the place your uterus is under your hands. And that downward facing triangle is the connection to the earthbound energy that you have in your body. And if you just simply place your hands in this mudra, you know, daily would be ideal, um, you know, or if you just think of it when you're bleeding, right? Like it's a nice way just to literally ground yourself into your earth body and the knowingness of this very sacred space that you have underneath your hands and inside of yourself. That's lovely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Lena, if people loved you, which I'm sure they will, <laughs> where can <laughs> they find you? What's your website? Where they where can they connect with you on social media? And let us know if you have anything that people would be interested in opting into, like programs, etc. Where can people get more of you? Yeah, thank you. Currently, you can find me both on Instagram and Facebook with the um, user of Woman in Flow. That is my IG handle and my Facebook page name. So please go follow me there for many juicy things that are all flow related, lifestyle, relationship, yoga, food, like all the things that pertain to you being. the most amazing woman that you are, uh, centered around flow. Uh, My website is lenadolter.com. It is uh, being worked on as we speak. Um, And you can find me there as well as discoverbiglove.com at this moment. Let's see, programs coming up. Uh, Coming soon will be a beautiful nine-day challenge. I'm working on a different word because personally, I don't love that word. Um, but a 90 journey, that's going, yeah, <laughs> a invitation. Thank you. A 90 invitation to really do more of what we just did with the mudra on our womb. So really creating for you a divine sacred space in which you can go and be still because part of being literally being woman is giving yourself that space to be still and not just when you're bleeding 
<clears throat> excuse me. So it's a nine day invitation to help you slow down, to help you find solace in chaos to help you create space so that you can reconnect to yourself because this is a constant um it's what i hear from every woman that i talk to and women that i am friends with it's like how can i slow down i can't i don't have enough time i feel like i'm overwhelmed i'm running to do this and my job is taking me from that and i'm not even dating and i want to be and so this nine day invitation is going to help you center yourself so that you can be in what you want to be in in greater ease yeah. and that's coming soon Lovely. So yeah. my daughter is spelled L-E-N-A-D-O-L-T-E-R, and that's .com where you can find them on her website. Yes. And to repeat, just the IG handle and the FB, um, that is Woman in Flow, right? Yes, Woman in Flow. Should pop right up for you. Um, would love to have you all come on over and uh, see what I have to share. And share it with other women who you know, like share this podcast with other women who may not be on, like you know would benefit from hearing all this information. Share our pages with them so that they are able to access this information and make educated choices for themselves. Absolutely. Lena, thank you so much for being on the pod with us, sharing this like revolutionary information on how to be in flow and in rhythm with ourselves. I know I took away a ton from it and I'm sure that everybody listening is going to be raving about this. If you listened and you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. That is the number one way to gain popularity on iTunes and to get this message of being connected to ourselves, to others, and to the world we live in out there. So subscribe. And then if you're feeling even more loving, leave a review. Tell me why and tell the world why you're enjoying this podcast. And something really cool that I'm going to be doing in the month of November um, or actually really December, I guess, um, because that's what we're heading into. I'm going to be offering a free reading uh, for the new year for people who are leaving reviews. There's going to be a contest. So if you leave a review on the podcast, you're going to be entered to win this free reading, which is an awesome opportunity. So if you like the podcast, definitely subscribe so you'd never miss an episode, but then leave a review. And there's a bit of an incentive there um, by sharing why you like it and taking a few moments of your day to contribute to this world that I'm creating. So thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you next time. If you have a guest that you want to feature on the pod, let me know. Again, Lena, thank you for being here. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Thank you so much.